Welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. There are times when you just don't feel like doing whatever is in front of you. And when you don't feel like it, then you risk acting in ways that aren't in your best interests and may even give the wrong impression to those around you. So what do you do to snap out of the I don't feel like it phase and take control of your actions? On today's show, I'm going to be sharing how you can overcome your emotions and take control of your actions so that you are proud of yourself and how you showed up in your situation. So if you've ever said, I don't feel like it to yourself and would like to overcome your emotions instead of being a slave to them, then listen to today's episode as I challenge you to show up how you want to be seen. Hello, creators. Hey, it's your host, Jeremy Flagg, welcoming you back to episode 58 of Create You. Hey, thanks for joining me today. I got some cool stories in store for you today. We're going to be talking about how you can overcome your emotions and take control of your actions, no matter what situation you find yourself in. Because at the end of the day, you want to be proud of how you showed up and you want to be proud of how you were seen by others and the way that you handled yourself and the way you modeled the behavior that you want others to also have for themselves. Now, this is going to be a challenging one, but I promise you, it's going to be worth it today. Hey, and before we begin, uh, I just want to give you a quick reminder that if you don't have a copy of my book, Your Best is Next Yet, then now is the perfect time to get one. In it, I'm going to be teaching you the six keys that empower you to create a fulfilling future and overcome the pain of the past. Uh, I outline in this book my journey from being fired in 2003 and having no job uh, and, and feeling like I was completely worthless and not knowing what to do next uh, to now doing what I'm doing now, helping lots of people discover and develop their true potential, helping them maximize their impact and restore joy to their relationships, achieve their goals and find their purpose. Uh, and, and that is what your best is next is all about. So if you have any pain in your past that you feel like disqualifies you from having the life that you really want, this book is for you. If you find yourself in a situation you just never dreamed you'd be in, if you're coming off of a, uh, a job that you really loved and you don't have anymore, or if you're coming off of a marriage that's falling apart and you don't know where to go next, uh, if you find yourself in any sort of transition where it feels natural to question the direction that your life is headed, then your best is next is for you. So just go to www.yourbestisnext.com for more details on the book and I'm going to give you an opportunity right there on the page to give me your name, email, and you can download the first three chapters absolutely free. My free gift to you, go and claim it, my friends. I can't wait for you to get that in your hands. All right, so let's uh, let's get into this today. And we're going to be talking about how you can show up how you want to be seen. It's really more of a challenge than it is how to, uh, and I'll explain what that means here in a second, but... You know, there are situations in life that get handed to us that we don't have any control over. 
Uh, and and we can't always control the situation that we show that we are in. We cannot control the parameters of it. We can't always control if we like it or not. We can't always control, uh, you know, the the environment that we're in. But we can always control our response to it. We can always control ourselves. And I learned this again on my most recent trip here to New York City that I've been telling you guys a little bit about here on the podcast. I got lots of stories still and. This is a great one. I uh, was a chaperone for the the New York trip for the first five days for my daughter's uh, fifth and sixth grade class, and they were in New York for a uh, Model UN conference. So all the kids were representing different countries, and they were, uh, you know, crafting resolutions and and uh, you know forming political groups and trying to push their resolutions through and nominating their friends for voting. It was just. It was a fascinating experience to watch my own daughter go through, but I had a room full of boys that I was chaperoning, and I was, you know, proud to do so. I was, uh, you know, former youth pastor myself, been on plenty of trips, uh, former middle school teacher, had lots of fun with this age group. Uh, so I happily accepted this role and was just having a wonderful time getting to know the boys in my room. Now, one of the boys that was with me, he is uh, just, you know, he's a very... Uh, he, he seems brooding from far away as if he's uh, constantly removing himself from the social situation and trying to control how other people see him because he wants to feel like he's always in control of the social situation. But in reality, he wasn't much of a brooder. He was really more of a deep thinker, very smart. Uh, and as I got to know him, uh, I, I got to really find out a little bit more about his life, his world, and what makes him tick, just by asking some good questions. And when I speak to what other people would call kids, I don't treat them like kids. I do not treat a 12-year-old like a child. I treat him like a young man, because that's what he is in my eyes. And when you treat someone a certain way, then you will have more of what you expect. And what I expect is a young man to show up in a conversation and be able to look me in the eye and uh, and talk to me when I ask him questions. And he totally rose to that occasion. And we've talked for the first day and getting to know each other. Well, and then they went to the conference the next day. And it was an all... So they, they came... The first day we were in New York, they had a, an opening ceremony where everybody, you know, had the, the flags from the different countries and all the kids were there. There were like 2,500 kids from all over the globe in New York City at this conference. So the kids were getting their first taste of how big this thing was, and they had this big opening ceremony with flags, and they were, you know, big pomp and circumstance, and all that kind of stuff was going on the night before. Now, the next day was their first full day of conferences. So the kids had prepared papers, and they had opening speeches for their arguments and the resolutions that they wanted to pass and present. Uh, so this boy was part of that, you know, affair as well. Now, the first day that they had their first full day of conferences, evidently, uh, he withdrew quite a bit, withdrew from the group, kind of withdrew from being a participant, wasn't engaging with anyone, was sort of isolating himself. Uh, and, and isolating ourselves, what is that really about, right? Uh, when we isolate ourselves, oftentimes that's our way of gaining importance in a situation where we feel unimportant, so when you're surrounded by 2,500 kids and they're all smart like you, 
and they've all got crafted speeches and resolutions just like you, how do you differentiate yourself in that space when you need to feel as though you f- that you need to be important? Well, you know, isolating yourself and removing yourself from the engagement and the conversation of the group is one way to do that. You create a problem, in other words, to make yourself significant. That's one of the human needs. I haven't talked a whole lot about that on the podcast, but I use it a lot with my coaching clients. In fact, all my coaching clients and especially with my relationship clients. So Knowing all of this and knowing that I'm a life coach, uh, the classroom teacher came to me the night um, the night of this first day of conference. That's right, the night of the first day of conference. We were all at dinner, and we were, you know, taking the kids out to see some sights and, you know, looking around New York. And, and so we were walking, and while we were walking, she came back, and she came to talk to me, and she, she wanted to consult with me about this particular boy and said, you know, hey, um, you know, my assistant and I, we've been noticing that he's been really withdrawn uh, in the conference this last day and a half, and he hasn't been showing up in ways that are beneficial to the group, and, and really, honestly, he's missing out on this magnificent opportunity that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and we just want to make sure that he doesn't go home with any regrets since you're his room leader and, you know, you're a life coach. Is there anything you can think of to do to help him? If there is anything you know, just feel free to do it. And I, you know, I'd be happy if anything works, that would be great. If it doesn't, then at least you gave it a shot, but I just wanted to let you know, right? No pressure. (laughs) It's a side note. I find myself in situations like these more often than not when people know what I do, uh, because they want to kind of see from afar, Hey, does it work on demand? (laughs) And the, the answer of course is yes, of course it works on demand. Now, what I had to do was, you know, uh, now I was tasked with this opportunity, right? I see it as an opportunity to influence the life of this boy and uh, and help him show up in a way that makes him proud of himself because that's what was missing. That's what was missing. Now, I can tell you that having to be the room leader for you know, uh, three boys total uh, and to keep an eye on a large group of 17 children total, um, it wasn't, you know... It wasn't like I was only paying attention to this one boy, but he'd really taken a liking to me in the first day and a half, and I appreciated that, and I was you know, appreciating the fact that he trusted me so much. I just couldn't figure out a way to bring this up that didn't embarrass him in front of other boys that didn't, uh, or other, other children that, that didn't make it a bigger deal than it needed to be. I don't want to make too big a deal out of it because, remember, he's needing significance. So if I make this significant, then I defeat the purpose because... It continues to feed the beast, so to speak. I don't want to feed the beast. I don't want to make the uh, the situation bigger than it needs to be. I want to shift his perspective. I want to have him from the inside out identify himself with a different version of success. I don't want success for him to be his feelings. I don't want success for him to be, well, I felt comfortable. I felt safe. I felt important. I want success for him to be... I engaged, I risked being rejected, I put myself out there, and I was met on the other side with being proud and confident in myself, and other people greeted me warmly with smiles and told me I was doing a, a good job. I mean, I was, I really wanted that for him. I wanted him to see that the world was going to embrace him and not reject him, so I needed to get him from the inside out to decide to choose to overcome that I don't feel like it stance, right? So 
she told me all this stuff. So I ended up having a conversation with them that night when we were getting ready, uh, you know, to go to bed, brushing their teeth, you know, putting their PJs on. So I asked all of the boys in the room, how were, you know, how was the conference today? What were the things that they were noticing about how the UN works and how it works for them and how they can uh, improve the process? And, and the boys are very insightful. So they were sharing lots of things with me. And I noticed that he wasn't. Uh, so I asked him some direct questions, you know, about how he was liking the uh, conference, how he was enjoying the situation, how he was showing up uh, with his group. And, you know, it was just sort of a, well, you know, it's whatever. I just don't feel like it. Uh, you know, we all feel like that sometimes. So I totally get it. I feel like that, you know, oftentimes, you know, I, I sit down to write something and I'm like, ah, maybe another time and I'll push it off. But this is one of those things that can't be pushed off, isn't it? It's an event. It's happening. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen with or without your participation. So how do you want to show up in it? How do you want to be in it? How do you want to be seen in it? How do you want to experience it? Do you want to allow those emotions and those feelings to to continue to dictate how you feel? And how you show up and how you behave, or do you want to take control of those actions by overcoming those emotions and telling yourself to do something even though you might not feel like it in the moment? Because I'll tell you what, 10, 15 seconds on the other side of the decision to do something instead of or in spite of the feelings that you have, you're going to feel the way you're moving. You're no longer going to feel the way you were when you were standing still. That's one of the fascinations about emotions, you guys. It's emotion creates motion. And motion, therefore, creates emotion. So if emotion creates the motion of me withdrawing and isolating myself because I'm feigning being apathetic and I'm being actually being very fearful about the outcomes and what might happen if I risk putting myself out there and being vulnerable and being engaged, if those emotions are causing the actions of isolation, disengagement, and withdrawal then the motion of telling those the motion of stepping out sharing of myself being stepping forward and and offering something to my community those motions are going to create emotions on the backside of them so it works both ways the emotion that i have you know in my you know my psyche might be causing some motion my actions right that I don't like. So if I want to flip-flop it, I need to take an action in the direction of where I want to be going and I'll start feeling like it once I start going. So that's what I needed to challenge him to do and I realized my situation before we went to bed that evening and I just sort of slept on it. And I kept thinking, how am I going to find an opportunity to talk to this kid before they head out early in the morning to the conference the next day? So... I slept on it, got up early before the boys, got my shower. Now I got him up uh, and I didn't want to tackle him right then, you know, so I waited for him to be done with his getting ready routine. And uh, I still just couldn't find an opportunity that didn't feel awkward around all the other children. So I, I you know, they're out in a hallway. We're all meeting in the hallway. And, uh, you know, I'm about to say goodbye to the group for the morning because they're going to go do their conference. And I'm not part of the conference. I'm just chaperoning all the stuff outside of the conference so as they're about to head off I, I i it's always there it's right there in the back of my mind thinking i gotta come through for this kid i gotta come through 
and help him in some way overcome, you know, get out of his own way to have a good time and enjoy this experience, this once in a lifetime experience. And so out of just complete desperation, right before they're about to walk off, the whole group is walking towards the elevators and he's trying to trail in the rear. I run up behind him. I grab him by the shoulders from behind. And I whisper in his ear, not quite a whisper, but I said quietly in his ear, sometimes in life, we don't get to pick the situations that we find ourselves in, but we always get to choose how we show up. So my challenge to you today is to show up how you want to be seen. I want you to look yourself in the mirror tonight when you get back from the conference and be proud of the way you acted today. Will you accept my challenge? And he turned around and he looked at me. He stopped for a second, contemplated it because he knew that he was going to be held accountable for it. And he said, I can do it. And he walked off. Now, I had no idea if this was going to take root. And honestly, this isn't the kind of groundwork I, I, I would have normally liked to have had with any sort of client or, you know, person that I'm trying to help. But I didn't have much option. You know, I was, I, I was desperate. I had to get something in. I, all I wanted to do was give him a quick challenge, use the leverage of my personality and my authority in his, in his moment because he was really enjoying my company, remember, and he really liked me. So I used that leverage to challenge him to come up higher, to raise the expectations on his life, to raise the standards for how he was showing up in this moment, in this situation. I wanted him to be proud of the way he looked at himself in the mirror that night. Instead of thinking about all the things he could have done and all the experiences he could have had and all the people he could have met, I wanted him to go and meet those people. I wanted him to go and take that podium. I wanted him to go and... And give himself the opportunity to see the community embrace his opinion and be confident that it was him that showed up. It was him that did the work. And it was not anyone else. And that's the beauty of a challenge like that, you guys. It's the beauty of a challenge that I get to present to my clients, to the people that I help, and to you today. There's always going to be situations in life that we don't like, that we don't feel like doing. That happens often, doesn't it? But it doesn't mean it has to stop you. You can overcome the tidal wave of emotion. You can overcome those disguised feelings. You know, sometimes apathy is really just an excuse to be fearful of something, isn't it? To be apathetic, to act like we don't care, to be indifferent is really just an excuse to be fearful. On the inside, we're just really saying, I'm scared of how this is going to turn out. I'm not sure it's going to be comfortable. I'm not sure it's going to be safe. I'm not sure I'm going to feel exactly like I want to feel. So I'm more comfortable with the devil I know than the one that I don't, right? But where's the risk in that? Where's the challenge in that? Where's the pride in that? That's what I asked him to embrace was his own self-confidence, his own opportunity to stand up and have the experience that he really wanted to achieve to achieve in that moment and not the experience that has him regretting that he just isolated himself and disengaged from what was the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity in front of him. 
Did it work? Is what you're asking? Did it work for this boy? Well, yes. Yes, it did. In fact, I now I lobbied the challenge. I didn't think much of it. I'm very casual when I'm approaching, you know, any situation like this because I want them to own the behavior. So the end of the day, end of the conference day, he comes back to the hotel room and I consult with all the boys again, ask them how their day went. And I asked him specifically, how did your day go? Were you proud of the way you showed up? That's exactly the question I asked him to hold him accountable to the challenge I gave him earlier. And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, yes. In fact, I was, I met three people from China and I introduced this idea into our resolution and it got accepted. And I voted on, you know, this person to be nominated for, you know, some, you know, some, you know, office, you know, that they were electing. And I was like, wow, it sounds like you had a much more engaged day. I said, so how much different did it feel to act this way than it did to act the way you did the day before? And he said, oh, it was so much different. And I'm just so happy that you challenged me this morning. Boom. I challenged him to be better. From the inside out. I did not make it about me. I didn't say make me proud. I said make yourself proud. And I asked him that question again, didn't I, when he came back. Are you proud of yourself? And he said yes. That was good enough for me. But, you know, the trip went on. And on Sunday evening, before the school kids were about to leave, uh, actually, they were. we were about to go to bed, and they were going to leave in the morning. I was talking to the teachers the two teachers in the hallway and the question went something like this in the middle of our conversation hey what did you do with him on friday that was the day that i talked to him in the morning and i told them what i did and i told them how i challenged him and they were like wow fascinating i'm not and they both looked at each other and thought i'm not sure that i could have pulled that off or that i would have even thought of that uh, but I'm sure glad that it worked, and I'm sure glad that he had a better experience uh, than he had originally started with. And I said, well, I'm just happy to help, and I'm glad that it worked, you know? I said, but the reality of it is he made it work. It wasn't any magic thing that I said. Sometimes we just need somebody to poke at us to remind us who we really are. Who we really are is not this apathetic you know, emotionally indifferent, isolated person. It's not the I don't feel like it person. That's not who we really are. Who we really are is passionate and powerful and capable of producing mighty and great things. That's all of us from the inside out. And I have to believe that to be true about you and me and everyone around me. So it to me, it's just a paradigm that I live in, that there's always another level. There's always another way that you could show up how you really want to be seen. So that's my challenge to you today. Show up how you want to be seen. No matter what situation you are in, show up in a way that makes you proud of yourself at the end of the day. Take control of your life. Don't let emotions and feelings dictate to you how you're going to behave Tell yourself to act in the direction that you want to go and the emotions will follow. 
Because really, guys, sometimes apathy is really just fear in disguise and feelings are just an excuse for not taking control of your life. Don't let that get in your way. Show up how you want to be seen today, no matter what situation you find yourself in. And I promise you that when you look in the mirror tonight and you've made that decision, there will be no regrets. There will only be confidence. There will only be pride. There will only be happiness. Because when you look at yourself, you can smile and say, I showed up today. I was here. I was, I was seen. I was myself. I was true. And that is the best thing that you can do for yourself any day. Come on over to jeremyflag.com slash episode 58 and tell me what you would like someone to whisper in your ear that would motivate you to move and overcome your emotions and take control of your actions. You know, we're all motivated a little bit differently, so I would love to hear your answer about what you would like someone to whisper in your ear when you need a little bit of a challenge and a push to overcome your emotions and take control of your actions. If you enjoyed this podcast today, then be sure to share it with all your friends on social media. Thank you for joining me and take 30 seconds, if you haven't yet, to rate and review the show in iTunes and Stitcher. It helps elevate the status of the show and gives more people just like you an opportunity to create breakthrough results in their life, work, and relationships. And if you're a first-time listener to Create You today, then welcome. Thank you for joining us. And then if you love the show, then be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and you'll never miss another episode. Hey, as we close today, I want to leave you with a quote from Hall of Fame basketball star Michael Jordan, who said this, you have to expect things of yourself before you can do them. So there it is, my friends. Raise your expectations of yourself today. Challenge yourself to show up in every situation how you want to be seen and act in a way that makes you proud of yourself at the end of the day. Your confidence will soar and you might just surprise yourself. Have a breakthrough day, my friends, and I'll talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to jeremyflag.com where you'll find lots of free resources and notes from this episode. And don't forget to share your comments with me. I'd love to hear your voice. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store. If you're listening on Apple's podcast app, just click anywhere on the show artwork to reveal the show notes and click the link that says, please rate and review the show in iTunes. Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag create you. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on create you. And be sure to check in with me next time when I'll be back with another life-changing episode. You won't want to miss it, so be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud to get free delivery of every show. Until next time, this has been Jeremy Flagg, reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you. You.